Hey everybody and welcome. You are listening to Lux Louise Locker Room. Join me each episode with a different special guest. We'll be breaking the locks off toxic masculinity one locker at a time. This week I'm joined by the vibrant Solaris. Solaris is a queer performer and poet. They also won Miss Congeniality in House of the Law's bombshell competition. Today, me and Solaris talk about comedy, politics and the importance of trans voices being heard. Please note that the conversations between me and my guests are purely based on our own thoughts and experiences. Now with all that in mind, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Locks LaRue's Locker Room. I am joined here today by Pussy Willow. Hi! Hi! <laughs> How are you today? Uh, good, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good myself because I I'm I'm like pumped about the US election. Um, like I, I was pleased. I was like I was like refreshing. I don't know about you, but I was like refreshing my my feed every day, <laughs> checking <laughs> to see like the polls and stuff. Were you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like all the different websites had different information, so I was trying to work out which one was true and then which one. Yeah, like watching the states like slowly go from red to to blue. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, but but um, it was good news in the end, and hopefully, good will come from this. Um, so I just wanted to get st- straight in with the conversation, um, if that's all right with you. Um, so um, I always start off um with talking about growing up a bit. So um, how did you find growing up, especially um with like your gender identity, gender expression? Um, how was that for you? Um, exploring that and stuff. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a, well, I guess a, a quite a small town. Um, uh, so there was no, it's not really the most, um, liberal place. Um, I think we've had a conservative, um, person in our, like, um, area, like every year. So yeah, very conservative, um, very, like, not very accepting, I guess. So, um, that probably wasn't the easiest, um, so obviously when I kind of reached like university age I was quite um keen to like move out um and go to like a big city um in terms of like LGBT stuff I mean there's just like not there's not really anything here um realistically um and there wasn't really any information at school like not even at college um so I don't really think I really started to learn about it until I went to university so for like in terms of like my kind of like queer growing up um I don't feel like that even really started until I kind of went to university yeah I, I feel like the same with me and I think even if I was experimenting for example with my gender expression I think I did it without like realizing so for me um I I was started to grow out my hair which obviously shouldn't be associated necessarily with being queer or femininity or masculinity but everyone else thought it was so for me I was like I wanted to grow out my hair you know um explore with my gender expression um and I did some there's some funny stories which I'm sure you've got as well um but firstly on the more serious side I did I did grow out because I don't know why I think at the time I just wanted to have long hair but people obviously associated it with being feminine wanting to be a girl and stuff but I was just like I just want to have my hair long um, I didn't I didn't really do much with my hair because I thought if I do stuff with my hair people are gonna make fun of me even more so like if I straightened my hair um, I sort of didn't tell anyone I just pretended it was like naturally that way even though it was quite um, wavy and stuff um, and I think sometimes I wanted to tie my hair up but obviously people would be like 
would obviously say something if I tied my hair up because if you did anything with your hair it's like oh you can have long hair but just don't do anything with it um, and obviously there's some on the fu funny side there is like I, I experimented like with dyeing my hair I think I um my mom used to like bleach her hair as well and then I, I stole some of the bleach and then I just bleached my fringe and it looked horrible <laughs> I don't know what I was going on I think that was my way of like experimenting um but yeah that that wasn't a great look and obviously I bleached my hair again at the end of sixth form um in like the campsite toilets and that went like orange and um yellow in different places so I have had like my fair share of funny stories of experimenting with my gender expression as well um I don't know about you in terms of like how you chose to express yourself um yeah with your style and stuff um yeah I used to dye my hair quite a lot um I think I had like hair like literally every color like black brown red um I was always like dyeing my hair or cutting my hair um when I was in year 11 they um they tried to like ban me from school because I went to London and they had like a, a place where you could get free haircuts like trainee people so I got them to like shave half my hair off and then I went to um the hairdresser and I thought they were gonna dye it like a blondie color um but it came out like bright orange so I went into school with like um Hayley Williams like color hair <laughs> um half shaved and the yeah the school were not very happy about that but um <laughs> I quite liked it um and they let me stay in because it was like GCSD year so they couldn't uh, they couldn't like um kick me out but um yeah I've I've always dyed my hair like always had different um different coloured hair yeah I've, I've loved all your different hair colours but that that does sound funny like <laughs> um dyeing your hair um like Hayley Williams um and yeah do you do you think as well though that people were sort of like coming from like a toxic masculinity point of view or like a homophobic point point of view do you think people would like associate your style or like hair colour and how you chose to express yourself with like sexuality or like with gender and stuff because like I said a, a minute ago they did with me like obviously with having long hair that automatically assumed that I was gay or wanted to be um female and stuff um so do you think people can associate style with like gender and sexuality and did they with you and stuff yeah I think like when I was younger I wasn't really I wasn't aware I guess so I think it was more just like difference um, so like obviously like most of the girls at school like had like straight hair and like full skirts and like makeup and stuff which is I mean that's fine um, but I had like curly hair, wore trousers, um, was much more interested in like sports and things like that and obviously that wasn't like the normal thing to do in terms of like school um, and obviously like especially in a small town like a school like that if you're different like it's going to be like really obvious because everyone will see that you're different so for me it was more that I was different and like looking back now I think that was connected to like the fact that I'm queer but obviously at the time I was just like I wasn't really sure like what was happening but um I definitely knew that I was different to the other people that were like around me I guess yeah um, yeah me too I think I think more so now when I reflect back on it back then I probably didn't understand it as much um why why I felt different um but yeah as well with like um I think people used to like sort of poke at my masculinity as well if if I like didn't have a girlfriend or if I hadn't slept with anyone yet or if I didn't have muscles it was kind of this it's kind of this weird binary thing of to be masculine or considered male you've got to be this way 
to be feminine or considered feminine you've got to consider this way and it's kind of like obviously I'm learning more about um sort of gender and breaking free from the binary now um so with with your with your sport and stuff as well um how did you get on with that um like did you get much stick for like in sport or do you think you found like-minded friends when you were younger from liking that um I think I found it very frustrating because um all the boys were allowed to play football um like at school and then the girls had to play like netball and like hockey and stuff so we had to play like the girl sports and then the boys got to play like the boy sports which I was very confused about because I just kind of obviously just saw them as a sport and I was really really not interested in netball I mean I should just like mess about and like play football in the corner um and then get told off because I wasn't playing the game and like everything like that but um yeah I, I played on the girls football team but there wasn't many other girls who wanted to do it so it was usually just me and then like we'd turn up for a five-a-side and we wouldn't have enough you wouldn't even have like five players so the other team had to like put players on our team um so yeah I think that was like really frustrating that, that like it was just like so binary because it was just like yeah boys play football but girls don't they play netball and then that's just the way it is yeah and at our school as well there's sort of like with cis men there was this threat to them that if if um anyone who isn't cis, cis male is good at sport or you know likes masculine typically associated masculine um you know activities or have qualities that there was sort of this threat I don't know if you find that with like the cis white men at school they they, they were very like had fragile egos and then um yeah did you find that yeah I found like it was sort of acceptable for girls to be good at like netball and stuff but then if girls showed interest in like football like that wasn't that wasn't really acceptable um yeah I definitely think like in terms of sport like there's definitely like massive like male egos around kind of like sport and that and that kind of thing yeah um and sort of let's link this on now with like moving towards more like performing and um being part of the the queer community now um especially because we're we're both from Birmingham um so would you say that um um how would you find being in the queer community how's your experience been have you had like positive experience um or not? Um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely had like positive experiences in terms of like coming to a city and finding other people like me. Um, I think that's obviously been like very um, positive and um, I was able to kind of learn about who I am, express who I am, which I didn't really have, or I just didn't have the opportunity to when I was um, sort of growing up. Um, and at the same time, I've, I guess I've had like negative experiences. Um, Mostly from, I'd say, men um, in like the kind of like the queer community. Um, so yeah, I think both kind of positive and negative. Yeah, I would say like with school as well, it's kind of like sometimes in the gay community there is there can be considered like higher hierarchies and stuff like with cis cis white um, gay men. Obviously, that is me as well. So I've I've had to sort of obviously educate myself with with my privilege. But um, I'd like to think I'd. I haven't been as bad as some cis white gay men um uh yeah so I think do you know what because um in your performances you spoke a lot about um being trans and you know um raising awareness about the trans community and experiences so how would you find how has that been for you like when you've performed 
um, performance is based around that. Um, would you say you've received like positive experience, um, reception from people? Um, I think it depends like what stage and what audience. So um, when I've been doing performances like within the kind of burlesque community, it's very positive. Um, the audience is very receptive and listening um, and that's really good. Um, I'd say more when I've done it in like sort of mainstream kind of like gay bars it hasn't been as positive um obviously when I did my um performances like early on I got kind of heckled by um mostly kind of like um men in the gay bar um one of the um judges um decided to when i did my act about kind of like trans lives and how um trans people are kind of disproportionately killed every year for being trans and how you know our lives are um you know sometimes difficult um i got told that the it was boring um i got told that some people aren't comfortable with this like um that they didn't get it um and i think for me like that's just like massive privilege to be able to sit there as a cis gay man who obviously has power in that community because they're like, you know, working behind the bar, they're obviously quite high up in the in those kind of bar situations. To sit there and be able to kind of say that to a, like a marginalized person. Um, yeah, that's like, that's massive privilege. Um, I don't really understand why they'd say it's boring. And also to sit there and say it makes you uncomfortable. That's the point of the act. If what I was doing was making you comfortable, I'd be very worried because obviously I'm talking about trans people being killed. So I think that that really was a learning moment for them and they just chose not to um, use that as a, as a learning moment. So um, I think that has put me off performing because it's like, I don't want to put myself in that space and then being told these things because it's like, I'm putting myself out there to try and help the community and, and you're just going to throw it back in my face. So. Um, yeah, I think like when I do like the House of Lawyers shows and stuff like that, it's much more um, of a positive reception. And I know that that was a competition versus this is like where I'm being invited to perform. But I still think it's very different audiences. And there's that understanding built there that kind of says like, um, I just think like there's an understanding about kind of like marginalised entities and like empowering people. Whereas I think in the, those other spaces, it's just about like, who's the best and it's all about ego, um, which, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to put myself like back in that kind of situation. Well, I, yeah, I was, I think I was there for that performance and I think it was really good that you did that performance and I think you performed it really well. So I think it's, it's unfortunate, isn't it, when there's like one person or a few more that ruin that experience for you because there are actually quite a lot of supportive people who enjoy the performance um, and and you know learn a lot and get educated from the performance so it's a shame when people are like that um, a lot of the time not always but it's a lot of the time cis white men um, who do that um, and for me yeah I'm the same like um, I've had a lot of positive experiences um, being a queer performer with the burlesque community with the with the lgbt community i haven't had much experience so i can't comment too much on that um but i was going to bring up the example i guess you could comment on this too about um being in the poetry scene as well um for me i didn't really have too much of a positive experience but i know for you for you you might have had a mixture or more positive so we can get to that in a bit but for me 
in terms of like um being like I felt like sometimes when I was in the poetry scene I was the only queer person um and doing my queer poems and stuff so the reason why I said this point is because I can understand um in a in a way about um wanting to perform something and being worried about how people will receive it um when I was reading a lot of um queer poems and stuff like for example heteronormal I would get positive response sometimes but if the space is dominated by cis white straight men um they they just um sometimes they don't really give a response or like a judgmental response so it's kind of like you kind of feel like oh should I be saying this um what I need to say so I don't know what your experiences is with the poetry scene as well in terms of being queer and stuff um yeah like I think I definitely choose my audience I choose what I read quite carefully um so like places like Warwickshire Pride I performed I performed at like Trans Pride obviously those are like queer spaces so it's okay like I get a good response when I kind of read like queer poetry but I have been in positions where I've been invited to perform um and it's quite clear that my my work is like very political it's very like LGBT like based like it's about myself um and then I've kind of done the poetry and like people were just like staring at me or mm. like not clapping um I did like a poem about um like America and like this country and around like politics and then I got a man come up to me and like looked to me about how like great Donald Trump was um and I just was like yeah this is not really the place for me to be performing poetry like this man's just decided to come up and like basically like to me and like say like oh you know young people these days don't understand and it's just like yeah sometimes you just kind of think this is not my audience um I think like sometimes it's good to perform to them because hopefully you can try and change their mind but at the same time yeah I get that like you kind of just put yourself in like an uncomfortable situation and then you don't really get like much response and then you just think what's yeah what's the point <laughs> Yeah, because when, when I've performed as well with um, some more straight crowds um, with burlesque and stuff, a lot of cis, not like any dead people, a lot of cis white straight men have said, oh, um, I enjoyed that performance and stuff. So like you said, it can be good to try and change people's minds. Not like you need people's approval, but there's there's that as well. There's that aspect to it. Um, so in terms of like um, linking on more with like gender expression gender identity then I, I've been seeing a lot of stuff lately that people a lot of my trans friends have shared um and they've said um oh just because I'm trans or non-binary it doesn't mean I owe you uh, masculinity or femininity um I think it was along the lines of that so have you have you seen that um phrase before and how would you sort of would you be able to expand on that then um yeah I guess like I think it's just like the stereotypical thing that like if you're a trans man then there's like a way to be masculine and then if you're like a trans woman there's like a way to be feminine and then um if you're like non-binary that like there's a like specific image of what like non-binary people look like um I think like within our society we fixate on being able to look at someone and tell what their gender is um so I think that's just about kind of saying like you can't tell what someone's gender is by looking at them because gender expression and gender identity are two different things so gender identity is how you feel in yourself and then gender expression is how you kind of express that but someone's gender expression might not be the same as gender identity so 
your gender identity could be non-binary, but you like to express yourself in a kind of feminine way. So, um, you know, if someone's wearing a dress, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily a woman or count themselves as a feminine person. They just like wearing that piece of clothing and that's their kind of expression. So, yeah, I think it's just trying to break down this barrier of kind of like, this is what someone looks like so we can make assumptions about it. Because I think people feel uncomfortable when you take that away because it's driven into us so much from birth. Like when you go to school, it's like, this is what a boy looks like. This is what a girl looks like. There's female shampoo, there's male shampoo, there's women's bathroom, men's bathroom. It's just like everything is so um, binary. So I think it's just like trying to break up those expectations and let people know like, yeah, we don't have to abide by these kind of like um, heteronormative, kind of cis-normative um, kind of binary gender ideas. Um, and that, yeah, someone's gender expression, the way they look, isn't necessarily the same as their gender identity. And there are various reasons, like one could be like in terms of safety, if someone's, um, you know, it's not safe for someone to be out you know maybe they want to wear or express themselves in a way but you know there's there isn't that safe space for them to do it um or they're just you know their gender expression is different to their gender identity yeah that that's a great way of explaining it um and say if people wanted to find out more about um that would you where where would you recommend or in the past have you um where have you like gone to places to find more knowledge about this this topic and stuff um there's a really good um um kind of project run by um fox and owl who are um two non-binary creators they've got a um a kind of production called my generation um they do videos um kind of all about all different aspects of gender i think those videos are really good because some of them are quite short and they're quite easy to access um then um, Gender Intelligence is like a really good organisation that work with kind of young trans people, but they also um, put information, um, places to learn. Um, people like Travis Alabanza, who is a um, kind of creator and performer, um, their work is really great. Um, yeah, and just like, I guess there's like other kind of like trans authors, um, people on kind of social media, um, there's lots of people kind of like creating this content. I think it's quite easy to find it if you kind of go looking for it. Well, thank you for that. That'll be useful for our listeners. And um, as we're moving on now with the conversation, I'd like to sort of move towards like um, performing as well, because obviously we're both performers. So we've got some we've got some funny stories as well, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so um, with um, just one more thing, though, with um, gender expression and, and in terms of like gender expression and your gender identity, would you say um, performing has sort of helped you with that? Or would you say you were sort of um, exploring your own gender identity and expression before that? Um, I would say I'm definitely exploring it before that. Um, but yeah, I guess performance is always like an extension of yourself um so yeah I think for me like doing drag has been helpful because it's like helped me sort of make fun of femininity so obviously like growing up I felt very restricted by it I felt like it had to be this like perfect image of like what a girl is 
Um, and obviously, like, as I got older, I decided that that wasn't really um, right for me. But drag's been like, I've kind of been able to poke fun at these kind of ideas of what when a womanhood looks like and and to kind of um I guess it's like play with that yeah um I, that's sort of similar to me with like um with my boylesque and stuff like I've sort of been able to um make fun of what people think masculinity is and stuff like that so I wanted to talk about um one of your acts which is really good um it was um Theresa May um, when you performed that at the the like <laughs> night, um, so for me, I sort of interpreted that like, a bit. What you were saying, um, it could be wrong, but my interpretation of this act as well, if I tie in with toxic masculinity, because like Theresa May has obviously um, been involved. Politics is quite male dominating, isn't it? So my my opinion is that she might have had to sort of um, take on sort of male. Um, typical male like qualities to fit into the politician world so that's kind of like and then your act sort of like um, well you can tell us what your act um, a bit more about your act but your act sort of plays on her qualities like her not so great qualities as well but it kind of makes it comical so um, what yeah is there anything you'd like to add on to that or how would you be able to explain to us a bit about your Theresa May act (laughs) yeah I guess like my Theresa May act was just like um I guess it's like yeah poking fun at like politics um and also the fact that like she'd say one thing and then like the next week she'd just like do the opposite thing um but yeah I guess like people think that like women um politicians are like really progressive um and whilst I think it's great that um you know we have like um women in politics um, she did stuff like shut down um, like domestic violence shelters. Um, she, as like when she was Home Secretary, did like really aggressive um, like immigration policies. Um, so her message and like her kind of persona doesn't really fit with like this kind of like progressive like female image, like you know like the Conservative Party and stuff. So. Um, yeah I guess I just wanted to kind of poke fun um but I do like agree um when you're kind of talking about like it being a male-dominated thing I think that you see that more in kind of like when Margaret Thatcher was like prime minister she was very like masculine in her like um, I think the way that she kind of presented herself I think that she felt like she had to um kind of almost reject her womanhood in a sense to kind of be seen as like um, like a serious politician I mean obviously she had some horrendous policies um and you know she just was definitely not like a um kind of progressive um figure in politics um but yeah I do think that politics is like a male a male dominated area um so I think it's difficult for women I just don't think that Theresa May and Margaret Thatcher are good examples of female politicians because obviously um yeah what they did is um had like great effect or negative effects on people's lives with linking back to your act then i kind of feel like yeah it was it was kind of a good way to sort of um use a comical way to sort of make fun of you know Theresa may <laughs> um so in your acts um could you briefly describe what what you do in it <laughs> if for those who are looking for a bit of comic relief <laughs> what? oh in the Theresa May one um, 
can't remember now. Um, I know you come onto her, didn't you come onto her song, her, her iconic song? Yeah. Oh, yeah, her dancing queen song. I trying to do it, imitate her dancing, which is um, abysmal. Um, I think there was Highway to Hell in there. I think I put some like devil horns <laughs> on because you can join all the rest of her friends in hell. So you can, uh, yeah, join Margaret Thatcher in hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I think there was a bit of rapping in there on point as well. I'm not really sure. I think someone had like made a rap, so I, I tried to make um, Theresa May rap, which uh, yeah was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> we were all in stitches. That was really funny, um, and as well, I I've sort of done like um, sort of added a little bit of political stuff in my acts. So this this is a topic I wanted to touch on actually about putting um, political stuff in acts, which we have already we've already spoke about a bit, haven't we? But um, sometimes for me I just do it without realising put a bit of politics in my hosting or my acts or sometimes it's more sometimes it's actually intentional and um, but with I do like the Wizard of Oz act I think you've seen um I spoke about it a bit in this podcast already um I sort of said the Wizard of Oz act is sort of I've based it on like this male ego like a politician who's a bit like full of themselves but when you strip everything down and they're just in their pants they're just like everyone else every other <laughs> idiot um which is what happens at the end of the wizard of oz act but in my wizard of oz act when i'm hosting um there's um i added this bit on because um in one of our shows the house of the law shows it was the movie show um i added a bit of narrative in it um with the help of dominus um and i think after i'd done the wizard of oz act um I sort of talked about like, oh, I'm going to go off in my big balloon now. Um, obviously, you're doing an innuendo because if for anyone's seen the Wizard of Oz film, he goes off in a balloon <laughs> um, and just fucks off and leaves Dorothy to fend for herself, which is kind of a bit like um, a lot of the politicians. Um, so I kind of like say, oh, um, I think I made a Brexit joke and was just like, oh yeah, I'm fucking off my balloon now. I'll leave you to sort this out. Now Brexit's happening or um, now There something about Theresa May. So I just thought I'd, <laughs> just thought I'd um, yeah, mention that to everybody. Cause I think you can sort of, firstly adding, you can add like comedy, can't you? To sort of some political stuff. Do you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think like, I think it's hard. Like, I mean, I feel like being like queer is, political as well so um like yeah like our lives are made to be political so then like when we perform um kind of i think politics like finds its way in there um and i think it's like good i mean like drag and like um it's I always had like a history of kind of like um like making fun of the of the kind of ruling elite so um yeah, I think it's good to add some politics. <laughs> maybe that's why, maybe that's why they have such a thing against the arts because we make fun of them so much. <laughs> that is true. Well, if they've seen Spitting Image, they probably want to shut it down. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I just wanted to a few more points then about our performing. Um, so, do you think you had a, a um a phase where you like sort of you did performing and then you sort of was there a sort of key moment where you were like I'm going to transition to more like politics-based um, performing or do you think it like because you've done like you've performed at Pride's like your poetry and you've also obviously you've done like drag acts as well do you think there's a thing where it's just like I'm going to move towards I, I'm a performer I want to have something to say um, or do you think it's sort of one of those things where it's just how you're feeling at the time sometimes you want to do more fun ones sometimes you want to do more political based um, acts whether it's poetry or drag um yeah I think like my drag 
came out of the desire to talk about political themes um and like because in like the scene there wasn't many like trans people um performing like it wasn't much there wasn't many trans voices i could see so i felt like it was important for me to talk about that and to like bring that up um so i think that in a sense is like political because obviously like i'm talking about like trans rights and things um and then yeah i guess like sometimes i just want to do like more just like fun performances um i think it depends on the space as well so like if i'm doing it at like a pride it depends like on the pride um and what their kind of like values are um and like what my performance looks like what my audience is um like usually when i go to like workshop pride there's quite a lot of like families and children um and it feels like a very positive thing so i kind of i feel like we don't get that much many chances to like celebrate who we are so i kind of like make my um material kind of like um to like celebrate identity Versus like um, in like gay bars and stuff, I would do like more political stuff because I want to like challenge the people that are in there, especially the people with more privilege. Um, so yeah, I think it just depends on on like the audience and then just how I'm feeling. Before we um, move on to one last thing I wanted to ask you, I just wanted to mention, obviously you've had um, different styled wigs haven't you <laughs> and obviously I have as well um, and I sort of when I was thinking about this DVD I was thinking my different style wigs it, it this sounds silly but it's kind of like been therapeutic to me because at school like I was saying I experimented with different hairstyles like dyeing it and having horrible haircuts so I've sort of had like when I'm the Velma I have the Velma wig and then Buffy I have this horrible tacky blonde wig um, and it's kind of like it, it in a way now it's kind of before obviously like when I was having that those different hairstyles it was kind of like to sort of express myself but I'm doing it now in a comical way my acts like having different wigs like I'm able to do it now and celebrate myself whereas before when I was experimenting with my hair it wasn't always in a positive way it was it was sometimes in a way of I've got no other way to sort of express myself I'm going to dye my hair just dye my fringe blonde or you know um cut a horrible fringe for myself or something so I feel like now it's I've, with my wigs and stuff or with my hair I've been able to experiment in a funny way and a positive way more as when I was younger I sort of did it as an act of rebellion um it was positive at the time but it, obviously it felt a bit more like I felt trapped so the only way I can express myself in this heteronormal society is to do um questionable things to my hair but now obviously with the wigs <laughs> so I just want to talk about you and your um choice of wigs do you think that like you said do you think you there's a bit of that like experimenting with your style and your gender expression with your wigs or do you, is there a comical edge to it or or do you think you haven't really thought about it and it's just like a how you feeling thing <laughs> um I think when I started drag it was just like go on to the internet and buy one for like 10 pounds so they looked awful <laughs> um like real like shake and go wig that just like was like yeah very like shiny um but I mean I wore a dressing gown to the club so I feel like the wig wasn't really um important um I think it was like part of the image I guess um and then I think as I've like developed I mean I tried to buy like slightly more 
expensive wigs um like yeah but yeah I think I just kind of like whatever whatever there is and and um like convenience and economics is the most position <laughs> behind my hair um there's definitely some questionable um choices of hair back when I started doing drag um and definitely like getting people to help because like I just kind of used the same wig like 10 times and then it like got to the point where it was like so tangled and like full of like hairspray that it probably would like set on fire so um I had to bin it but um yeah <laughs> I think do, you set your wig on, do you say you set your wig on fire <laughs> I, I was worried it was going to set on fire because I just like it was such a mess I used so much hairspray to try and like hold it together there was in the smoking area I thought if someone like holds like a cigarette too close to my wig it's just gonna go up like in flames I just have like a burning head so, yeah um yeah I threw that one away eventually but um yeah. <laughs> I think that's everything is there anything that you wanted to to add to to anything as well um before we leave <laughs> um no just that um just that people need to keep using their voice to support the trans community um obviously we had like the GRA consultation that lasted quite a long time and then the government just said they're not really going to do anything apart from reduce the fee slightly and um make it like a digitalized thing so we went through quite a traumatic time um having to fill out the consultation then defend against um kind of like um, trans exclusionary feminists um, and then like the government not saying they're going to do anything um, it's been quite difficult and now they're going to do another review into the handling of the consultation so we don't really know what that's going to look like um, so yeah just keep using your voice keep talking about it keep sharing stuff um, support the trans community because I think um, especially like you know especially trans people of color and black trans people um you know that's where we need to really like direct our, our kind of like our support um and just yeah just keep being vocal i guess i would like to thank today's guest solaris for coming on to this podcast if you want to catch more of solaris then check them out on instagram at solaris the drag queer thank you for listening to locks the locker room We'll see you soon. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at LoxLaRue. Bye. You remember when you did um, Lucy the Slut? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a song from Avenue Q, I think. Yeah. Um, special, I think, yeah. is it? Or might be called Special, maybe, or something. Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, I think I did another one that was about, like, it had like, the quote from Mean Girls, like, at the start, where it's like, if you have sex, you will die. Um, like I think I remember throwing condoms at people at one point. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs>